Hello again. It's indomitable, incorrigible Ingrid here. And time for episode number four of my bi-weekly podcast, Sustainable Mum. Yet again, it has been a fulsome fortnight. It has. There's been so much going on. Where do I start? What do I tell you about? The most exciting thing that happened as far as um, something very, very positive. The most exciting thing was a couple of days ago. It was, I even made a note of the time, it was quarter to nine at night. And because it's now October, of course, that meant it was dark. And I was sitting inside with hubby. And normally at that time, it's quite quiet. And we heard this really, really loud noise coming from outside, just outside kitchen window and the front door. And the noise was quite scary. It sounded like fighting. We couldn't tell at first human or animal. We listened a bit more and then we determined it must be some kind of animal because it was yelping and squealing. And we were quite concerned. So we grabbed the big torch, the Mac light, and we ventured to the front door and we opened it and we looked to our left where the apple tree is apple tree that um, was planted when big boy arrived on the earth so it's quite big now and would you believe it when we switched the torch on we saw a domestic cat a ginger and white one in the apple tree fighting with a pine martin a real pine martin which i've never seen before i know that they live around here because they leave their paw prints all over your car and they often yeah, run around at night time and chew on cables and things they can find. But uh, this one was in the tree with the cat and they were fighting over the apples. So the battle of the apples, as I termed it, that was a really lovely thing that happened a few days ago. And I wanted to share it with you. Another lovely thing that I wanted to share with you. This is a little bit personal, but I was so pleased to find out I do have some listeners yes I do I have at least one because bless you Melanie contacted me after the last podcast which was the teasing one and Melanie contacted me and said that she liked to hear me talking about foraging for tea because she does the same and she sent me a photograph of her tea that she has foraged it was a colour photograph and the tea was so pretty. It was yellow and sort of fuchsia pink. And I have no idea what kind of things she foraged for. But she wanted to send me the photograph to prove that there are other people who forage for tea. And that made me really happy. And it was lovely to think that somebody actually listens to me talking. And yeah. Thank you very much, Melanie. If you want to let me know what's in your tea, I would be very interested. And then I could share it on a future podcast. But that was the introduction. And I would like to get started now with talking about what I've prepared for today. So what have I prepared for today? I want to tell you a little bit about my antics in the last 14 days. And allons-y. Basket. This fortnight, I have decided to talk about baskets. Why? Baskets are underrated, in my opinion. I love baskets. And being a speaker of English, 
that means I also know and love basket cases. And in case you don't know what a basket case is, more of that later, I will be talking about that in the last section of today's podcast. But I am going to start off by singing the praises of baskets. Okay, what kind of baskets? Well, the first one is a bike basket. I think I should say basket rather than pannier because I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe a pannier is something that you hang over the back of your bike, like two pouches that kind of hang either side of the rear wheel. And I'm not talking about panniers. I do not have a pannier, but I have a bike basket. And I believe that my bike basket has to be one of the best purchases I have ever made in my life. It cost me 33 euros and that must be about a year and a half ago. And why do I love my bike basket? Well, I will tell you, I love my bike basket because it has changed my life for the better. I always enjoyed using my bike to cycle around the local area, sometimes for fun and sometimes for doing errands. And the more I used my bike for doing errands, the more I discovered that it was actually very, very exhausting carrying everything on my back in a rucksack because my errands as a mum often involve going shopping and buying heavy goods like juice or milk or beer. (laughs) And Carrying these things in a rucksack on your back and cycling home, often when the wind is in your face and you're tired because you're a mum, <laughs> you're always tired, that's hard work. And I must say, I did do it for a long time. I did it for, what, 10 years or so. And it was really hard going. And I didn't give up, though. I noticed that a lot of people had baskets <laughs> on their bike. And I thought, actually, I should look for a basket for myself. So I started looking and we're lucky enough to have a bike shop in the next village. So I actually went to the bike shop to see if they have a basket that would fit on the back of my bike. And they did. And it was a great basket because it's quite big and very robust. So I purchased this bike basket and felt a little bit guilty at spending so much money on myself. However, it has changed my life. It really has. I can fit tons of shopping in the bike basket. It's safe. It doesn't wobble around. I'm not scared that it's going to fall out or fall off. And I can now cycle to the local shops. And I know that if I see something on special offer or there's something that we really need today, I can buy it and transport it home in the bike basket. And I'm not going to be absolutely exhausted and half dead by the time I get home because there are quite a few hills I have to go up and down to get home. And sometimes trying to cycle up hills with a heavy rucksack on your back is, yeah, I don't have a bike which has millions of gears. I have a basic bike and it's a bit too much legwork for me sometimes. So the bike basket has really changed my life. I love it. And I wanted to just share that with you because I grew up with a mum who did not have a driving license or a car. So my entire childhood was spent watching my mom doing the shopping on foot because that's how we did it. And there was my mom and there was me and my sibling. So three person household and mom had to do the shopping 
on foot and we often helped her and we had to carry the shopping home and that was often a long walk and the plastic bags remember this was the 1980s when we all sinned terribly using too many plastic bags the plastic bags really cut into our hands i remember so many trips walking home and it was really hurting it was cutting into my palm i had three bags each side it was heavy it was worrying because sometimes the plastic bags snapped and your shopping crashed onto the floor and broke and that wasn't good either we were on a very tight budget so every time we lost something it wasn't good it wasn't fun yeah my mum was struggling a lot as a child you don't notice that but now I'm a mum myself I can imagine it must have been really tough having to do that week in week out we went shopping very frequently because of course if you have to carry it you can't carry enough for the whole week so you have to go every couple of days and that eats into your time if you're a working mum a single mum yeah so I wanted to share that because my life is very different I am so lucky that I have a car and I'm even luckier that I can now do the shopping on the bike as well and incorporate that into my daily routine with my super duper bike basket so Moving on from bike baskets, what other baskets do I love? I love washing baskets. Yes, I do. I want to share that with you. I'm a mum. I do the washing because hubby flatly refuses to do it. He dislikes the washing machine. Fair enough. He does other things like he does the hoovering and he does a lot of stuff in the house, which I don't enjoy. So it's my job to do the washing and we have got a washing machine downstairs and I do not have a tumble dryer, which I am very proud of. I know many people here have a tumble dryer. It's a normal thing to possess. And I grew up not really even knowing what a tumble dryer was because I don't think anyone had tumble dryers back then. And everybody hung the washing outside. We had a rotary washing line. We didn't have a garden, of course. Um, we lived on a council estate. So we had like a communal area with rotary washing lines. We used to call it the washing lines. That was our childhood name for the area where the washing lines were. And everybody used to go there and hang out their washing. Sometimes I helped. More often than not, I didn't. So it was normal for me, the concept of hanging your washing outside. And of course, the weather does not always play ball. And sometimes you can't hang the washing outside because it's raining or it's damp. But you kind of learn to deal with it. And I grew up like that. And then I came here. And I've never had a tumble dryer and I've managed very well. I'm 48 now and I've got children and I have hubby and all of us are quite tall. So our clothes are actually quite big and we manage. The washing gets taken outside and hung up on our lovely washing line, which is sheltered. I have to say I'm in the extremely enviable position of having a place where I can have a washing line that is sheltered. We have like a carport area. And hubby put the washing line up there so that even if it is raining, I can still hang the washing up on the washing line. But how do I get it there? Because like I said, the washing machine is downstairs. So I'm very lucky because big boy is now big enough that he can carry the washing baskets for me. I should avoid carrying heavy things since my big operation three years ago. So I often get help with the washing basket and it gets taken outside. And I enjoy very much hanging the washing up on the washing line, knowing that it is going to get dry with the help of Mother Nature and not by using power. So that is my 
ode to the washing basket. I have three of them. I love them. They're very useful. And I get the feeling that I'm doing my little bit for the planet by not using a tumble dryer. And while I'm on the subject hanging up the washing, I will confess a little quirk to you, which I know annoys hubby. He thinks it's very odd, but it's my little washing, hanging up the washing quirk. When I hang up the washing, I feel really awful if a piece of clothing does not have the same clothes pegs hanging it up. So if I'm hanging up a T-shirt, it has to be hung up with two red pegs rather than one red and one blue and they have to be the same type of clothes peg because I have different types. And I've always had this quirk. And for some reason, if I hang the washing up and I haven't followed my quirk, I feel really uncomfortable. But when I manage to hang up a whole batch of washing and the clothes pegs match, I don't know, I feel really good. So I'm sharing that quirk with you because <laughs> I felt the need to. And now I'm going to move away from washing baskets and bike baskets. I also love other baskets. Yes, I love the little baskets that we have inside the house. We have uh, some wicker baskets like those little ones that you will have seen in illustrations in children's fairy tales. Little Red Riding Hood by the Brothers Grimm comes to mind here. Those little wicker baskets that you carry in the crook of your arm made out of, I don't know, willow or something. And Little Red Riding Hood used one to transport the food to her scary grandmother who turned out to be not such a grandmother after all, more of a wolf who wanted to eat her up, which we won't dwell on. But she had a little basket to transport the food and the little baskets like that, we have some of them in the house. We also have little baskets made out of other materials and uh, we have metal baskets in the garden and all the little baskets are very, very useful for transporting food. Sometimes when you want to give somebody food in a nice way, like Little Red Riding Hood, if we want to give our friends something we've made, some kind of homemade present, or if you want to move uh, leftovers, that's also a good way of using a basket. We have uh, leftovers, which we like to put on our compost heap because we have been using a compost heap now for a couple of years. A great thing to do if you've got space for it you can put your uh, mown grass on there as well if you have a garden. And we do that, transporting it in a metal basket to the compost heap. We also transport leftovers from the kitchen to the compost heap. Not all of them, I must say at this point, because we have the rats who are great at getting rid of a lot of our leftovers. Rats are like pigs. They really enjoy leftovers and they get pretty much all of our fruit and veg leftovers apart from brassicas and leafy greens that's really not good for rats so they have to go onto the compost heap but the other leftovers if they haven't been used by the rats we transport them in our little baskets to our compost heap and I am very happy that we can all carry our little baskets around and things don't get thrown in the bin but get moved to a better place whether that is the food on the compost heap or the washing being moved to the washing line, or my bike basket bringing my purchases home without the need for using a car, which I shouldn't be doing as often as I used to. I will admit there was a time when I loved taking the car to do everything in. I learned to drive very late. I didn't learn to drive till I was 
26, I think. And driving a car was a big novelty for me for many years because, like I mentioned before, my mum never had a car. So I wasn't used to even sitting in a car for many years. It was like, you know, going on holiday, sitting in a car. Very exciting. And then I passed my driving test and got my own car. And of course, I wanted to use it for doing everything. But I realized at some point that that's a little bit too comfortable. And sometimes life shouldn't be just about what's easy and what's comfortable. Sometimes you should think about what's better for the planet and the other people inhabiting the planet and the other animals. And jumping in your car for everything is not the answer. If you can avoid using it and use your bike, then that might be a good thing. I've started doing it and I have to say cycling to do the errands, it's like having a workout, but not really. I don't feel like I'm doing sport or going to the gym. I just feel like I'm having a cycle ride, which is actually fun. The fresh air is great. The exercise is great. The feeling that I'm contributing a little bit to less pollution by carrying my shopping in the bike basket. That's a really great feeling too. And yeah, I'm going to carry on using my lovely 33 euros bike basket and singing the praises of baskets in general, which leads me on to my earlier point about basket cases and being one, because I don't think there's anything wrong with being a basket case. And I wanted to share that with you. I'm an English speaker and the idiom being a basket case is one I'm familiar with. In case you're not familiar with it, I wanted to give you the correct definition. So I looked it up in a Macmillan dictionary before today's podcast. And if you are a basket case, that means that somebody is insulting you if they call you a basket case. Yes, it's not a nice thing to say to somebody. And what they mean is that they think you are too nervous or too upset to manage to do something well. Stop being a basket case. And it's a very negative phrase. I would like to just point out today, it shouldn't be negative all the time if you are too nervous or too upset to do something the way everybody else does it or the correct way, because being nervous or being upset just means you're human. I am often a basket case. I often lose my rag. Even now, when Gherkin and Big Boy are getting older and they really are great, they're great children and they don't need a lot from me because they're very capable of doing a lot on their own. But like any other parent, sometimes I'm knackered. Sometimes I haven't slept well. I lose my rag and I'm a bit of a basket case. And I don't think that makes me a worse person. I think it makes me just a regular mum. And I'd like to celebrate the fact that it's okay to be a basket case. Sometimes none of us are perfect. We're all doing our best. And being a mum is the most challenging thing that could ever, ever, ever have happened to me in my life. I'm so proud I'm managing it okay so far. Watch this space. Maybe in 20 years, I should come back and say whether I think I did okay, because by then the children will be old enough to be making their own way in the world. But yeah, being a parent is probably the hardest thing you can do. And if you're a basket case for a few minutes of every day, don't worry about it. Carry on, keep going, keep your chin up. There's lots of us out there who are also dealing with the stresses and strains of trying to be a sustainable mum or a sustainable dad. And maybe using a basket will make your life a little bit more enjoyable because you feel that you're contributing to the upkeep of our lovely planet Earth. So on that optimistic note, I'd like to say that that's it from me for this fortnight. 
And I am really, really grateful if you have enjoyed any of my words and are prepared to give up your time for me. Time is very precious. Thank you for using some of it on my podcast. I know there have been a few people listening because Big Boy showed me how to use analytics and I cannot believe that there's somebody in the UK and somebody in America and Canada and Austria and Germany and the Netherlands. Oh my goodness, the Netherlands, somebody who's listened to me. So um, that makes me really happy. And I'm looking forward to coming up with another podcast for the next fortnight. For today, that's all, folks. Thank you very much. I hope many, many, many good things happen to you and your loved ones in the next 14 days. And I look forward to saying hello again in a fortnight. Toodle pip.